in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Well, welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. This is the voice of Jeremy Gillen, and we are under a month until Texas Tech football kicks off against Murray State, September 7th in Jones AT&T Stadium. We've been doing a lot of preview pods about other Big 12 schools, and we, of course, will preview Texas Tech in depth. But we would be remiss uh, talking about a deeply important publication that recently put out its 2022 college football season preview. But before we get into that, I want to acknowledge that I have once again unseated the would-be king of hosting, Albie Shore, who is equally as excited as I am, I know, about this episode. Albie, what's going on, second-hand man? I was about to say, I've been fired once again uh, from hosting duties. That's what happens last time we were on. We, we, we did a little too much with K-State, and, and, and I guess everybody was like, no, get, get Albie the hell up out of there, put Jeremy in the hosting seat. So I'm, I'm number two here. Um, but I am excited for our guest. Uh, we're taking a pause from the previews to do uh, from the individual school previews to do a large scale preview, a high views preview. I have a great guest on here, and that is Brett Ciancia from Pick Six Previews. What is going on, Brett? Hey, Jeremy and Albie, thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's pretty hectic over here at Pick 6 Previews. I just released my 2022 season preview book. Um, after 10 years of being digital only and PDF only, uh, this year gone the transition into hard copy. So the print edition is live, and I'm um, really pumped to get that out. Uh, it was a huge shipping day here last Friday. So, um, yeah, we're really excited for the, to talk some Big 12. Thanks for having me on, and I appreciate it. Uh, so Brett, you are, I mean, without a doubt for, for people who don't know, which would be a, that'd be like, I, I can't, can't even imagine you are without a doubt, the Oracle of college football. I mean, if we could be honest, the, the number one, most accurate power five previews since 12, 2012, you guys launched pick six, uh, previews in 2012, correct? Yeah, launched in 2012, um, and uh, yeah, so over the first 10 years, that, that whole decade, number one in Power 5 predictions, and then the last five years, number one overall FBS predictions, and uh, that's not just me saying it, Stassen.com has been grading the preseason publications for decades, so um, you know, took, took down all the ones on newsstands, and uh, yeah, it's a one-man show, and what, what I do really is try and balance the, the numbers and the X's and O's of it and really put it together. I'm talking to head coaches, coordinators, beat writers, watching spring games, watching games, and um, and really putting this thing together. So yeah, it, it's a it's a seven month grind. But once we get to release day, it's it's fun from there. And we all you know everyone's optimistic in August. So it's it's the best time of year to talk football. Yeah, that's why we got you on. <laughs> well, I'll say degenerate gamblers. We have a lot of degenerate gamblers that listen to our podcast. And gamblers uh, uh, abroad should listen to you and what you say because that's just going to help them make money at the end of the year, right? Like that's that's the, that's the best. Yeah, absolutely. Way to do it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the gamblers love it. Uh, Non-gamblers love it, too. I mean, on the left side of the page, you have my numbers, my analytics, and some trends. But then in the text, you know, I'm talking storylines, narratives of the team, uh, X's and O's, coaching schemes, pr- player personnel, no acronyms, you know, no weird abbreviations or weird stat metrics. Uh, it's very readable, and that's the point of it. So what you're saying is my wife, what you're saying is my wife could read this and know what's going on. Absolutely. You know that. Yeah, for sure. Oh. Um, we, yeah, pretty much appeals to, to a wide range of audience there. But the one common factor is it's for the, 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 the true college football diehard. I mean, this is 66 Power 5 teams in depth. And, um, you know, hopefully you guys are enjoying so far. So 66 Power 5 teams. But today, right now, 65 of them don't matter. 
Texas Tech football. I mean, new head coach, incredible funding. I don't know if you've been aware of this. Head turn recruiting. In your 2022 preview, you have Texas Tech number ninth in the Big 12 with nobody represented on either the offense or defense's first and second teams, and then number 49th overall, and that's out of 66 people. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to spend a little bit of the rest of the time breaking down a little bit more of what goes what into goes these into grades. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be too negative there with the Texas Tech prediction. I think that you got to look at it two ways. Number one, 2022 itself. I think you're in for a transition year. It's a really crowded middle tier of the conference when you look at it. I mean, teams like Kansas State, Iowa State, TCU, even West Virginia bringing in JT Daniels. So it's a tough middle of the pack this year. But on the other hand, the longer term vision, I'm really optimistic about Texas Tech. And I I think you guys should be too. Um, When you talk about coaching hire, this guy, I had a chance to talk with Coach McGuire. And we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later in the show, but really likable guy. This guy's passionate. He's got the high school connections, and I think it's going to be a home run hire. Um, and then uh, what else? Yeah, the head coach, his coordinator hires were, were excellent. I love both sides of the ball there. And then you saw that financial commitment come through, and the, the facilities plan looks epic, and uh, you see the fan base re-energized, and it's, it's, it's exciting. And um, I'm based out of eastern Pennsylvania. I've never been down to West Texas. I got to get down there for a game and see some Friday night lights on Friday, and then come up to Lubbock. So uh, anyways, a lot of excitement around Texas Tech longer term uh, in the in the immediate term. Yeah, maybe a transition year here. So, so Brad, I will say after kind of reading through this and seeing that you had us ninth in the conference, seeing you had us 49th overall for 2022, I, I have a lot of questions. Uh, but number one, how dare you? Okay, how dare you <laughs> so far down? I mean, Tech fans, we are used to hearing some of this slander from the Oklahomas and the and the, the Baylors of the world. Uh, but I mean, I will say for 2022, and you kind of talked about the long-term vision of the program and how you like that, but what is some advice that you would give for Tech fans going into 2022? I guess uh, just set the expectation. You want to see uh, development on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, it's a transition year up front on the offensive line. Four new starters. It was actually a solid unit last year, but, uh, you know, four guys were gone. And then the receivers, your top two are gone. So a little bit of a transition at, at receiver. That's two of the key positions here. But I think for Tech fans, you want to start to see this new offense come to life, this new Air Raid 3.0 uh, that Zach Kitley calls it. And uh, this, this offense, if you're not familiar, was so dynamic last year at Western Kentucky. Kitley is a young guy. He went in there and turned him around from 114th all the way up to the nation's leader in scoring and in passing and every stat possible. Uh, so give this guy a, a year or two and it's really going to click. And, you know, the air raid is kind of synonymous with Texas Tech the last 15, 20 years. And this is just the latest edition of it. So, um, yeah, so transition year maybe on the scoreboard, but start to buy into the scheme, start to buy into this um, this new energy that McGuire's bringing, this new recru- recru- uh, recruiting profile. You know, when I first published it, uh, I think Texas Tech was in the top 10 for next year. I know it's super early and, uh, you know, but still, I mean, you can see the, the, the trends there. All 18 commits were from Texas. He has that high school pipeline. So um, the advice for Tech fans would be just continue to look at it longer term. I think that this program's got a great trajectory forward. And yeah, it might be a tough sledding there in the middle pack. I mean, you could argue them as high as sixth. So who knows that the, the margin of error is very slim there in the pack. So um, yeah, I, I think just keep the, keep the focus on the intermediate to longer term and it's going to be an enjoyable tenure here for McGuire. Yeah. So as we, as we kind of think about that offense that you kind of described and, and the air rate 3.0, I think one of the things of that, and that's always been popular at tech is the quarterback. And right now there's a three-headed quarterback race between Shuck, Tyler Shuck, Donovan Smith, Baron Morton. Um, how do you think that quarterback race 
with the three of them could translate and, and, and being able to sling it in the air raid could translate to success on the field or in the case of reading your preview, potentially lack thereof. Yeah, well, I think the offense should be fine, um, you know, especially the pass game, just given uh, the X's and O's that Kitley brings. Uh, I had a chance when I when I spoke to McGuire, I asked him about the quarterback room and I didn't you know, I didn't make him announce the starter, but he, he openly said that it's 1A, 1B, 1C, basically a triple or there uh, heading into fall camp. And, um, you know, Tyler Shuck and uh, Donovan Smith, they bring the the starting experience. They got a ton of playing time last year. Um, Shuck started the first four games before breaking that collarbone and uh, Smith closed out the year, tossed uh, six touchdowns, just one pick. So uh, based off experience alone, I'd, I'd side with those two guys. I know that Morton has a great future ahead of him as a young guy, uh, forced star Lubbock native, but I think I'd side Devin, uh, Donovan Smith heading into week one uh, with Shuck right there. But um, yeah, you have three solid options. Maybe one guy more towards the future, but there's a lot to like a quarterback there. I don't think that'll be the problem. I will yeah, say, he said, he said, D. Smith, D. Smith, week one. Did you, one. Hear that? Did you hear that? I know. Donovan Smith is a very interesting name. I know a lot of fans. And it's funny because every time we talk to somebody new, there's a new name that somebody brings up, right? There's a new name of who, like, we, we saw a practice. We, we talked to some of our guys over at Radio Raider Sports, and they see a practice and say, today, you know, Baron Morton looks like the guy. The next day, well, you know, Tyler Shucky had to wrap up. The next day, well, you know, Donovan Smith, you know, he's looking pretty good. So um, it's it is the gear that, that, you know, we – it's a – no matter who is selected, it's going to be a, a pretty good way forward at the quarterback position. Yeah, I'll say this also with with Coach Kitley. He was mentioning that you can almost throw some of that 2021 experience out the window because it's a whole new scheme and you know a whole new staff. And so he's given everyone a blank slate. And so that wouldn't surprise me if a guy like Morton, despite his youth and lack of his game experience, can jump up the up the ladder there. So you guys are probably more into, you know, you're definitely more in the detail of day to day in fall camp. So I'll defer that back to you. I just know there's three solid options there. Hey, Brett, I'm D Smith. I'm D Smith. QB one. The man is a monster. He's huge. But you know, in my world, it's defense, defense, defense. Uh, they win championships or in our case, they could get us above ninth in conference, um, which I think in your guide, you peg accurately Texas Tech's defense, it's the thing that's been holding back this program for a decade, which, you know, as as we were preparing our notes, uh, if you really think about it, you know, pick six previews and Texas Tech's defense have been unavoidably tethered. I think, Brett, follow me here. I think if you were to say that Texas Tech defense will be good, whatever year that is, if you start this year, you can wait till next year. We may actually break the larger hidden curse underneath this like Mike Leach curse we think we've finally broken, right? This is the, the Thanos, but now we're going going to the uh, the uh, Kang thing now. Like it's very, we're, we're, it's deeper. It's just so many layers to this thing. You're the next level of the curse. <laughs> I think that means I have to close up the company. Then finally Texas Tech's defense will be unleashed. But uh, you know, until then. <laughs> you got to make the ultimate sacrifice, man. Please, Brent. Okay, okay, okay. 10 years, 10 years of bad defense. It spans Art Kaufman in 2012 to Keith Patterson in 2021. Now we got Tim DeRoyter, uh, who has spent time at FBS schools for the past 25 years. You know, that's hard to shuck your, you know, shuck at it. With DeRoyter at the helm, and five of our 11 starters coming back, like over 20 starts under the belt. That's that's not insignificant, right? Why the hesitancy in optimism for Tech's defense in the upcoming season? 
Well, yeah, there's a couple things. Um, uh, one thing I like to look at, I have opponent-adjusted metrics, and that, that sounds kind of boring, but it's just basically a way to get a number on, on how well the offense and defense are performing per play and adjusted mm-hmm. for opponent. Uh, long story short, over that past decade that you mentioned, I looked at which programs were most offense-heavy, you know, a great offense with weak defense and most defense-heavy, the inverse. And I'm sure the Texas Tech listeners could guess where you place. Number one, most offense-heavy uh, over the past decade. And, you know, it makes sense. We all watched them. Uh, you'll, you'll put up 40 points and lose 50 to 40 um, or vice versa. It's, it's a weekly shootouts for Texas Tech over the years. So that's not too much of a surprise, but that's kind of the historical context of that's where the defense has been. Now, going forward, yeah, transition year possibly here. I love the hire. Uh, again, that's two for two on coordinator hires under McGuire, bringing in Tim DeRuiter. This guy's been everywhere. You, you hit on it seven FBS schools over the last quarter century, uh, most notably at Oregon, uh, A&M. He had a nice run, Cal. Um, but then Oregon defense is most recent one. They were great at forcing turnovers and takeaways and stealing that ball back. I think they were fifth in the country in interceptions last year. So uh, get that ball back to, uh, to Kitley's offense. I think that's going to be a great mesh. Um, now they're playing around with, with personnel and they're playing around with scheme and shifting their fronts and such. So I don't, I don't think it's settled in uh, too far. Yet, uh, I think it's going to transition year, like I said, on defense. Uh, some star potential, though. Um, you know, you hit on that. I didn't have any Texas Tech players in the top two on my all Big 12 teams. There were a couple that were close. Uh, these D-backs, Marquise Waters, Reggie Pearson, former transfer portal wins under Matt Wells. Uh, they'll probably be the leaders of the defense, in my opinion. Well, somebody who's come up in recent conversation is Tyree Wilson. Uh, has, has he crossed your mind as it comes to defensive players that stand out uh, in the Big 12 this year? This year. Yeah, he's on there too. And, um, you know, when you look at tech overall, it's it's probably the defensive line and, and the secondary that's going to have to hold it uh, early on. Just losing those two impact linebackers with Jeffers and Schooler, very productive guys last year. But, yeah, I mean, Texas Tech's poised for some breakout candidates. We'll see who emerges in fall camp and uh, and into the season. But, no, I mean, just just like the, the conference race, these teams are wide open. So, uh, you know, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if some Red Raiders uh, break into it in the postseason. You know, so even with that's great. I mean, we're all I think I think there's a lot of people with like you said, this is a very high ceiling and it's kind of always we've always floated around that ether of we've got a lot of players with kind of that high ceiling and whether they go towards it or not, you know, a la, you know, how many um, first round picks that Texas Tech has had seemingly out of the blue, like even on defense with uh, Jordan Brooks and Dakota Allen being first round draft picks for linebacker positions, a defensive position of all things. Um, But even as you point out, you point out in your preview tech has a defensive-minded coach for the first time in, second time in too long, right? 35 years with McGuire. You still got your foot on the brake, and you know what? Albie and I can respect that. Like, I think Texas Tech fans should have that same hesitancy. Like you said, after the past decades, like, you're putting the numbers to it. We put the tears to it, baby. Like, (laughs) there's been so many games where it's like, you know what? What's the point of football anymore? Just dismantle the program. It's over. And you've got the numbers for that. So let's try to sprinkle a little bit of optimism on this before we jet out of here. Uh, Help me finish this, Brett. Texas Tech can be considered a good defense if this happens this season. Ooh, I think that uh, if McGuire can install that scheme and really get the fundamentals down uh, that you know quickly into fall camp and, and get this thing rolling, because it starts fast. I mean, you're talking Houston could be considered one of the top non-AQs. NC State, I actually have winning the ACC outright, so extremely high on the Wolfpack. That's two really tough non-conference games, and then it doesn't get any easier. You go right into Texas, K-State, Oklahoma State, 
that's a, t- a tough first half of the schedule. So um, to have success this season, you got to start fast. You got to have a, a great fall camp, get it installed, uh, have have some new faces step up, like you mentioned. Um, rely heavily on the experienced players. Five guys with twenty plus starts. But um, but yeah, again, I, you know, talking defensive minded coach McGuire's a genius there, um, and just to have a Texas guy leading the program. I know this was a, a point of emphasis during the Wells era, where hey, he's he's not a Texan, he's not from here, he doesn't have connections here, and um, he he struggled on the recruiting trail. We saw that happen. Um, historically, Texas Tech had been around the forty range for recruiting class rank. His average sixtieth. That's a huge gap there. So I think it's a you know it, it's called higher the opposite. You see this kind of like in the dating world, you date the opposite of your ex. Um, it kind of <laughs> happens here in the coaching world. So tech, what do they do? They go out and hire Mr. Texas football himself. And um, I love talking to him. Very personable guy. Um, I love high school football too. So just to talk high school ball with him, um, he, like you said on the phone, I mean, he's he's a high school coach that just happens to have a college job right now. It's, uh, it's a great mindset on the recruiting trail. And it looks like he's already assembled a great staff in his first round. Wow. Hot, I love that. I love you. Get me excited. You know, this is the this is the transience of like McGuire's charisma, right? Like we we get it, but like hearing you talk about it, there's like this third layer of like I am again charmed by McGuire via, via you, via which you. is <laughs> an unnecessary, unnecessary level. That's level. <laughs> no, true, and uh, you you can tell a real high school football guy by uh, when he asked me where I'm from. I said I was from Eastern PA. Right away, he's like, "Oh, you guys have the Big 33 All Star Game." I was like, "Geez, how do you know that?" Yeah, that's uh, Ohio versus Pennsylvania, man. He he knows his stuff, and um, not that you're going to be pulling many guys out of PA, I guess, but just to, just to show, this guy knows his high school ball. He has the Texas High School Coach Association behind him, and you know how big that is down there in the Lone Star State. So, um, yeah, like I said before uh, before we got on, or uh, I, I got to get down there for a game. So I'm, I'm excited for your future, uh, especially as they move into this new Big 12. I hate seeing that get knocked nationally. I'm, I'm, I'm going to defend you guys. I think it's still quality football down there. Same with the Pac-12. I, I hate seeing the Power 5 leagues get ragged on uh, by the bigger national outlets. So uh, great football being played down there. And I hope that some semblance of regionality is continued in this next wave of realignment. I'd hate to see some kind of scatter plot national map. Uh, you know, keep the Texas teams together. And um, anyway, I'm going on a tangent here, but I, I love the history. <laughs> I love the history and, and tradition of the game. And I, I hate what's happening out in conference realignment with with uh, the Big 12. But we can see that Britt might think about this a little bit outside of working hours. Well, let me tell you, if you were a betting person, you'd have to bet on Brett's pick six previews to give you the most accurate predictions about the 2022 football season. And if you're in a betting mood, you better bet your future on Adam Goldman, the franchise coach. Adam is a friend of the pod, a Red Raider alum, and he wants to elevate your future. Uh, With over a decade of franchise experience, you can trust that Adam Goldman knows how to put you in the driver's seat of your American dream. And to sweeten the deal, he says, you don't have to pay a penny until he gets paid. Awesome. Uh, that's right. There's no consultation fees, no risk for uh, to even plan your brighter future. So what are you waiting for? You know, get in touch with Adam today at FranchiseCoach.net. Put your life and your career back into your own hands. What a, what a what an ad! What a guy! What an <laughs> so, ad! What a, what a transition there! I didn't even I I, I forgot all about that. <laughs> uh, right there. Great job, great job. So so with this, Brett, you you've I will say this. Okay, we we've talked about. Tech, you slander tech enough on this podcast, all right? Telling us there were ninth, and I don't disagree with you. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I get where you're coming from, but you also gave a full a full preview of the conference of the Big Twelve, and a lot of our listeners love the Big Twelve um, as a conference. But I did notice you gave Oklahoma, 
you had them going back to conference supremacy. So tell us a little bit about what made you kind of pick Oklahoma as the Big 12 champs or at least the preseason number one in the Big 12. And tell us a little bit more about the rest of the conference and how you see it shaking out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, out of the five power five leagues, this one was the most wide open when I broke broke it down here. I mean, uh, you could argue Oklahoma, uh, the, the defending conference champion game of Baylor and Oklahoma State. They're both contenders. Texas is very variable, just the way that they've recruited and the transfer portal additions they've made. You just wonder how quickly or can they uh, get back to where they used to be. I know that's a you know a punchline at this point, but seriously, they, they could bounce back. Um, they could they could go ten and two. They could go five and seven and lose to Kansas again. They're very variable, a wild card. Uh, with Kansas State, too, I considered them, actually, a very veteran team. When you go position by position, very veteran. Um, and they brought in Adrian Martinez, who is uh, lightning in a bottle, albeit a turnover machine, but hot and cold. Maybe a new uh, fresh start for him will click. But uh, yeah, ultimately sided with Oklahoma. Again, going position by position, they've recruited so well, the best in the conference. I really like Brent Venables, his defensive mind, the way that he turned Clemson into a dynasty. I don't know how quickly that can fix the defense but I don't know that it has to go all the way right away because this offense looks special with Jeff Levy coming in, his former quarterback from UCF, Dylan Gabriel. They actually overlapped a year down at UCF, put up a ton of points, and you guys are familiar with how Oklahoma stockpiles talent at receiver and running back. So uh, not to mention the most blue-chip offensive line also. So uh, a lot of a lot of pointers pointed me towards Oklahoma, even in a transition year uh, above the Baylor-Oklahoma State pack. Uh, they, they lose so much talent. Oklahoma State loses his eight defenders and their coordinator. So, um, yeah, I went Oklahoma. A little bit chalky, but maybe after last year's conference title matchup, maybe it isn't even that chalky. Yeah, I mean, I think I think where where the surprise kind of comes with Oklahoma is the fact that Venables is a new coach. Um, but if if it was if it's that's really the biggest hesitation. You kind of mentioned it. Oklahoma's bringing back a lot. They're bringing back a lot. once again. They're doing the 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 fifth year senior at quarterback that seemed to work out for them quite a bit recently right with uh, um so could definitely i mean i'd be i'd be lying if i said i couldn't see oklahoma i think i picked oklahoma the previous five years because they keep winning so don't doubt you at all uh baylor again returning a lot of a lot of talent there so um that makes that makes a lot of sense brett well brett it's been a great time having you on the podcast here um it's been awesome but this is your first time on tortillas and takes podcast and everybody that comes on the tortillas and takes podcast must go through the ringer. They have to go through it. We got to put them on the hot seat and we got to really see what they're made of. Are you ready? All right. No idea All what right. we're going to do here. <laughs> see, and we're, we're talking tortillas, tortillas this, whole this whole, whole time. time. Let's, Let's go. go. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, Brett, who would you consider the best team you've studied in the past 10 years? Oof. Um, best team in the past 10 years. Probably Florida State 2013. They were undefeated, Heisman winner. They uh, had the biggest scoring differential of any team in the last quarter century. You could argue strength of schedule, but um, I think you got to start with undefeated national champs in this category. Maybe Alabama Famous. 2020 and LSU 2019 as the runners-up. Famous Jameis. I was a big Jameis Winston fan that year, so I'm, I'm right behind you. So with that being said, who's your favorite player you've studied in the past 10 years? Oof. Another great one. If I could push that back to 12 years, if I could slide and Dominican Sue in there, this is the most incredible defender I, I've, of our generation. Um, I got to see him live uh, 
randomly out in Blacksburg, Virginia Tech. Uh, he dominated that game. Nebraska still lost, but he went on to, to be a Heisman candidate at, at uh, defensive tackle. And I, I feel like if, he, if that was the vote now, he could have won just the way the attitude has shifted around the Heisman ballot and getting defenders on there. But that guy was a one-man wrecking crew. He's incredible. Who is your favorite music artist? Well, I love classic rock, and um, I'm going to throw Led Zeppelin in there. Uh, you know, I, I don't really like anything currently. I'm, I'm definitely a classic rock kind of guy, and you could argue maybe Leonard Skinner in there, but Led Zeppelin's, uh, you know, they could go 50 songs deep, so I'm going to go with them. Nobody's ever going to come at you for saying Led Zeppelin and Leonard Skinner. Those are two great selections. Um, <laughs> give, me, give me the worst college town you've been to. Oof. Okay. Uh, Los Angeles. I can't even, I mean, if they try and claim it, if you're talking where the college is located, I went down to, uh, to see a UCLA game on Friday night at the Rose Bowl. And then the next morning was a Saturday game in the Coliseum. And uh, I'll tell you what, I was extremely disappointed with both of them. Uh, UCLA was an hour and a half traffic away from their campus. No one was there. They tried to do the UCLA chant where it's, you know, one quarter does UCLA, but Utah fans took it over and it was UTAH. Um, just no, no, no vibe. I've been there. It was half empty. And then uh, USC too was really quiet and no one really wanted to be there. So LA is just not a, not a football town. I'm right there with you on that one. So give me the best college town you've been to. Best college town. So some of the candidates I've been to, um, Happy Valley, Penn State, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Clemson, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, although I didn't get to see that at its peak. They've been down the last couple of years. Ah, oh, man, this is a great question. I'm going to go with Clemson. Just just talking purely football, and I'm a barbecue guy too. So talking football and barbecue, that's all they care about there. Uh, I know it gets ragged on for being a, a tiny town or not having great restaurants, but hey, for a football weekend, that's all they care about, and um, it's a great time down there. I'll go Clemson. Jordan or LeBron? Uh, Michael Jordan, definitely. Jeremy, I'm glad we're back on track with the Jordan answers. Okay, we went, we veered off to LeBron the last few guests, so I'm glad we're back on track. We've come back <laughs> to the righteous Pat. I'm thankful. <laughs> exactly. uh, Baker Mayfield or Pat Mahomes? Are we talking college or pro? I'm talking however you want to take it. Hey, I'm a, hey, I'm a college guy. <laughs> this is all I cover, so I'm going Baker Mayfield. That guy was incredible going walk on to the Heisman winner. Oh, wrong answer, Brett. Wrong answer. Hey, he's got some, he got some Texas Tech in him, right? He had a year there. <laughs> we don't. We don't claim. We don't. We don't claim. Yeah. Uh, favorite college town restaurant. Favorite college town restaurant. Well, I already plugged Clemson. I, I'll, I'll, I'll double down. Uh, Smoking Pig Barbecue. Uh, it's about 10 minutes outside of Clemson. I think it's Anderson. Uh, the, the best barbecue I've ever had still. And, and I got to admit, though, I've never been down to Texas. So I have a lot to learn. Got to get down to, to West Texas and, uh, you know, Houston and College Station and all that. So uh, as of now, Clemson holds that title, but uh, it's open for grabs. I got to get down to Texas. Yeah. No, I, I will say the two cities that will hold you down for barbecue uh, three, Lubbock will do it. Fort Worth will do it. Austin will do it. I know most people are going to talk. Most Red Raider fans are going to slander me for saying Austin and Fort Worth, but I, I can't lie. Those are two good barbecue cities as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Lubbock definitely will give you the best portions. Um, so we already talked about the old Big 12, but which of the new Big 12 teams are you most excited to see play in the conference? 
I really want to see BYU uh, added to a Power 5 conference. I think they deserve it, um, at least football speaking. I don't care about the other stuff. Just football-wise, that's a Power 5 brand, in my opinion. I actually added them to my book as, uh, as the 66th, in quotes, uh, Power 5 team about five years ago. You know, they, have, they play a majority Power 5 schedule. They have the history for decades since Lavelle Edwards took over in the 70s. Heisman winners, national champions. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. And they go toe-to-toe every year with these guys. They went 5-0 and against the Pac-12 last year. I had Baylor, I think, tied at halftime or something. But um, now I want to see B- B- how BYU can transition in. And I, to- I-, I got to talk to Coach Tataki, and he was talking about the transition. He was part of Utah's transition back in 2009 to the Pac-12. So he has some experience taking that step up. Uh, that's going to be valuable for them as a program. So you have Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Ohio- uh, Georgia and Utah in the college football playoff. Who do you have winning the Natty? Well, right now, it's a boring podcast answer. It's a boring take for the take section, but it's got to be Alabama. Um, you know, normally with Alabama, we're talking about, oh, wow, how can they replace 13 NFL draft picks or, or 12 draft picks? This time around, it's only seven uh, in quotes there. And uh, But, but the, the key is this time around, they return everybody. They return the Heisen winner. They return Will Anderson, the best defender in America. Five stars at every position. And the last note is they have revenge on their mind now after the A&M loss, the A&M signing day saga uh they're they're angry they're gonna come out on fire yeah nice reminder for our listeners that nick saban recently said last year was a rebuilding year a year where they won the (laughs) sec championship and went to the national championship game is a rebuilding year so (laughs) oh my goodness and last last but not least better tortilla corn or flour corn we'll go with there but i want to get down and throw some onto that field guys that's that's on my to-do list there you go. There you go. Well, Brett Fiancia <laughs> from Pick 6 Previews, thank you so very much for coming on the podcast. Uh, Brett, go ahead and plug where people can find you, where people can buy the book, all of that stuff. Oh, thanks again, guys. Yeah, that was enjoyable. Um, yeah, it's uh, pick6previews.com and at pick6previews on Twitter. Uh, on the webpage there, I have a couple sample teams, sample pages, so you can see what we're talking about. Also, some testimonials, uh, the college game day guys, the ACC network guys, uh, Josh Pay 247 a, a ton of them. Um, and yeah, like, like we said throughout the show, it's a one-man show. It's just me uh, covering all 66 Power 5 teams, balancing my numbers and analytics, but putting it back into readable forms, coaching schemes, the whole bit. So, Pick6previews.com. Jeremy, Jeremy, when Brett comes down to Lubbock, you got to show him a good time. You know, you got to go out. Yeah. You know, you got to take him to the get, get him some barbecue, get him some tailgating. He was talking about tailgating in South and Clemson. We, you got we got to show him how Texas does it. All right, Jeremy will be your tour guide mm-hmm. to Lubbock. Yes, sir. You come down. I got you, Brett. I got you, Brett. Uh, okay, wait. Well, for Brett, for Albie, this is Jeremy, and you've been listening to the official podcast of Red Raider Sports part of the 1012 network that is tortillas and takes stay wrecked people